Hey, that looks good. Jake, what are you uh, drinking? Oh, Cameron, this is some delicious coffee. Oh, yeah? Uh, what's so great about it? Well, this is the special blend from the Inagaya supermarkets. That's what makes it so special. Inagaya, what, uh, what's that mean? I actually don't know, but it's a great place to shop for local produce. I love local produce and coffee. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we should just talk about it. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good, but well, what were we supposed to talk about? I don't know, but it wasn't produce. L- let's go back to what we were originally supposed to talk about, okay? Uh, yeah, all right. That was a very tacky intro, but we, we already did a Resident Evil intro. We couldn't think of another one. So here we are. Welcome, everyone, to Region Unlocked, uh, where we talk about video games and Jake being in Japan and sometimes coffee and produce. My name's Cameron. And hey, I'm Jake. What's up, guys? How you doing, man? I'm pretty good. This has been a pretty uh, solid month so far, even though it's a kind of a, the beginning to it still. I've been doing an awful lot. A lot has happened in the past week or so, even when we yeah. uh, podcasted last. So let me let me get on my list of stuff that's actually happened. Uh, oh, <laughs> so the first one is I went back to teaching again for a little bit because I've been at the uh, head off the uh, head office of my company for like a month or so now, mm-hmm. doing mostly like corporate stuff. So that was kind of nice. Uh, going back into a classroom full of kids, it was just, it was different. Like, not a bad different, but it was just like, oh, wow, I, this used to be my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it wasn't that dramatic. I just, it was, it was just kind of fun being able to, to teach again after a few weeks of not doing it. Yeah, good. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, they sent me to a school down in Kawasaki, which is um, a kind of by, yeah, like like the motorcycle, exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Named, of course, after the city Kawasaki down ah. in the southern, mm-hmm, down in the southern part of Tokyo, and it's near uh, Yokohama, which is another huge city, like in the giant cluster of the Kanto region city areas. And there was this really amazing science museum called the Toshiba Science Museum. Yeah, and it's like one of those really cool interactive museums where you can go in and like touch all the exhibits and like do the giant science demonstrations and experiments by yourself. It is really cool. I was there once when I toured Japan years back mm-hmm. and my school was literally right next to that building. So it was, it just, it kind of brought back memories of, Hey, I need to go back here again. A- anyway, <laughs> my point is when you decide to come visit as well as other people that might uh, be added on the itinerary of fun stuff to do. I'm so worried about that trip in that it's not near enough time <laughs> just being there <laughs> yeah. for spring break. Like there's so much that I want to do. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I got to do, and this one might make the itinerary list a little bit of a higher tier. This one's a little more of a must is I went to the top of Tokyo sky tree last mm-hmm. weekend and that was amazing oh my gosh that's it's like the third tallest structure in the world but the tallest tower in the entire world is that the one that looks like the eiffel tower 
Uh, kind of, yeah. It's like okay. a super neo version of the Eiffel Tower in a way. But it's lit up at night in very amazing rainbow colors. It, it, it just screams technology when you go in there. So yeah. it's it's really awesome. I went up there with my buddy Jan. Hey, Jan, I know you're listening, by the way. Hey, Jan. And <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he and I went up there, and it was uh, like just miraculous view of the entire city. And it was almost surreal how small everything looked because I don't usually go up to buildings that are that tall. So, <laughs> Which is weird because big buildings is all I picture when I think of Tokyo. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing, like all of the buildings I've been to, yeah, they're tall, but everything is completely dwarfed by this massive needle just sticking out in the middle of the city. So it's, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's just different perspective, but you could see the entire surrounding region. And that's something that you definitely have to do when we, uh, when we come over. So we'll do definitely. That's, that's just a small recount of some of my recent Tokyo adventures fun stuff what about you cameron i know you've been up to some fun stuff as well i've not actually i've mostly just been playing this uh the topic of today i've been playing some resident evil 8 again really the only thing notable is the date today is november 4th and november 5th which means the weird owl movie is out and i am going to watch that the moment we get done talking and then I'll have great things to say about it next week. And I'm so excited. <laughs> That's great. That seems like a fun one. I was seeing some updates for that movie and it looks cool. I really want to see it. Well, it looks weird. just download the Roku channel. Yes, I just got to download the Roku channel. So uh, that's it. Shall we just go ahead and get into it? Yeah, let's just get right into it. Let's talk about the amazing topic for today. The evil topic for today. Ooh. All right, everyone. Big old spoilers ahead. This expansion has been out for like a month as you're hearing it. And seriously, if you enjoyed Resident Evil 8, you need to play this DLC. Don't ruin it for yourself by listening to this episode. Because honestly, I loved it. I thought this was so good. What do you think, Jake? I share that completely i thought it was great it was better than i expected it was a lot of fun and it really kind of tied stuff together i really like what it added and kind of what it went for mm -hmm. for sure so definitely if you're listening to this folks um and you haven't played it yet and you want to stop listening right now and listen to us talk after you play it <laughs> that way it can complement like a nice little supplement to what you just experienced it was a very fun dlc package as a horror fan I can definitely applaud it because it did things very nicely in yeah. ways that I did not expect. Yeah, so. absolutely. Mm. So I think let's just go ahead and get any dislikes out of the way and okay. then dive into all the fun stuff because surprisingly, the critic reviews are not great. It's, mm. it's getting very meh reviews saying that it's too short and that the stuff added to the main campaign isn't that exciting, which I will echo some of that i don't think it was too short however i think one of the biggest criticisms that i kind of agree with is that although the story I, I was pretty engaged in it it ultimately did not add anything to mm. the overall mythology or or where's the series going or it, like it didn't really answer any unanswered questions and mm. uh i think that was most 
obvious there at the end where you get the same ending of Rose on the Bus Mm -hmm. uh, that you'd see at the end of the main campaign. And I was hoping that as, you know, we talked about last time, as they're driving off in the distance, it really holds on the fact that there is someone approaching their car. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, that's Ethan. That's, uh, That's Ethan's character model. There's something going on. I was just like, oh, they're going to answer that question. What What is about to happen? Mm. And uh, nothing. It just cuts at the same point. And that was frustrating. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I had that exact same thought. And that's an interesting thing to point out because, yeah, when you finish Shadows of Rose, it's kind of like all the events leading up to that ending of the original main campaign. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't add anything more to it. Like I can appreciate how they, um, you know, included in that DLC the events leading up to the end of the main campaign. But the fact that they didn't do anything afterwards, I mean, yeah, you're right. A lot of people were expecting some kind of a, I don't know, answer. a filler there, an answer yeah. exactly. So I was a little bit disappointed there as well. One other thing I'll add that I just don't get is. Why the whole obsession with keeping Ethan's face hidden? Oh. <laughs> it's it's just kind of distracting at this point where, uh-huh. you know, there's a very serious heartfelt moment at the end where uh-huh. she's having this conversation and she even says face to face with her dad. And it's just, it's going out of its way to like have an arm in front of his face or just obscured in some way. And it's just like, Why? Like this honestly would connect a lot more if this was us getting to meet Ethan with Rose. Like, I think that would have connected so much more. It's very true. And at this point, we're more focused kind of on the fact that his face is being hidden. Exactly. And that's, that's what really hurt it for me as well, because I was really getting emotionally invested in that moment. But, you know, you can't help but notice everything that runs in front of his face or covers his face at some point which it's it's kind of become a meme now and maybe that's why they've held on to it but yeah what's the point of that like even in the main campaign when you're using third person you still can't see his full face it will cut it off right at the half half point no matter what you do so mm. (laughs) yeah it just it adds nothing by by not being able to see him it's true i was actually talking to a, a co-worker yesterday Named Aaron. Hey, Aaron. I know you're probably listening to this as well. Um, hey, Aaron. Who who was playing the game as well? And we were talking about this because we were playing it at about the same time. Mm-hmm. And he was also sharing that same uh, uh, idea of it was just you know becoming a meme. So it was fun to talk about that with someone else too who'd play the game. Yeah, I haven't talked to anybody. You're the first person I've got to talk to. All I got is students. Maybe I've got some students who've played it. But anyway, I'd say that that was really. It, I mean, some of the story stuff was just, it did kind of feel like an afterthought where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, we got to make some DLC. So how can we do all this? But I thought it, it made sense in the terms of the canon of the Mega Mycete. And I thought that was pretty interesting of how it's bringing in all these memories. And because Mother Miranda and Ethan, like, because they were so entwined with the Megamycete, they can still exist within the realm and manipulate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the game itself, I think, is great because they learned 
and did exactly what we were saying. <laughs> like our complaints were like the first two chunks are great. The back half of the game, not so much. And it just <laughs> focused on the castle and the haunted house. And I thought it was mm-hmm. done so well because of that. Yes. Agreed. Other than the fact that a lot of the um, same areas were reused kind sure. of along that same line of, you know, things were so, sort of an afterthought in a way, but they utilized it well, I think, for mm-hmm. the most part. And it was really nice being able to go right back into the castle and explore it again uh, as Rose, yeah. just in a different way. And same with the house as well. And I guess we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but I really appreciated how they changed up the house to make it even more effective, in my opinion, than it was mm-hmm. the first round. Well, so. I mean, all of it is just like, I was not bothered at all that it was reused environments because I was I was happy to be back there with just new twists. And, and honestly, a lot of it was so changed by like the drippy Megamycete stuff that there were some rooms I didn't even like recognize that I had been in them before. Oh, uh, yeah. Just because you're solving mm-hmm. different puzzles. Not that the puzzles were very difficult in this, mm-hmm. but uh, it was good. So uh, let's start from the beginning. Yeah, let's do it. The, the game starts off, you get a, a message from this guy, Kay, and I'm not even quite sure that the game really explained what has been going on with Rose. Where mm-hmm. is she? Where's Mia? Uh, it seems like through her letters of like back when she started going to school that it's like Chris has just become her surrogate dad kind of mm-hmm. and she even mentions like it's been ages since she's seen her mom it's okay. like what's going on you're 16 why is Mia out of the picture mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you're involved in I, mm-hmm. other than we know that she hates her powers and I will I, I thought that was kind of a flimsy motivation uh-huh. for the story and she's like, I yeah. just gotta, I want to make friends. And maybe that's just as an adult where I'm just like, who cares about your middle school friends? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Mm-mm. That did seem kind of uh, like a problem that was not as big of a problem as it should have been. But mm-hmm. still, I guess that was her motivation, right? She's, she's still young and learning things. Yeah. She's young people are uh, not the best decision makers we'll say that no they're learning right (laughs) yeah so i mean ultimately she's convinced to reach out to this fragment of megamycete that's left over from 16 years which brings her kind of into its world where just the beginning here i was super creeped out yeah you start off i guess you're like in the basement of the castle but also i think there's some new hallways in it it's not exactly the castle Mm -hmm. it's very dark and i did notice like part of i feel like when you're in third person you couldn't see as far out in front of you because it's mostly Mm. like your character model that's lit up and yes there's a Mm -hmm. flashlight too but i felt like the darkness was much closer in third Mm. person that's true and it was very slimy and of course we've got this new aesthetic now of Mm-hmm. Lots of megamycete tendrils and stuff just dripping around all over the place. And then we start seeing Rose and another Rose and another Rose. Mm-hmm. Copies of Rose. And that kind of creeped me out initially. Yeah, well, because they're all getting, like, brutally murdered. Yep. And you have to think, like, 
are they really just like these husks like Miranda defines them or do they have this sentience that's uh, terrible when you think about it that they're just being born to be murdered mm. yeah it's very interesting and it's it's kind of really unsettling how it was all kind of in her head as well like this whole adventure it's all in her head kind of yeah yeah kind of so she makes her way through the castle and as she goes through she eventually finds these flasks that i don't know kind of like that, that increase her power which she uses to to, to get through because the whole place is wrapped with these crazy tendrils of this megamycete. But then out of nowhere, because she's getting chased down, this thing starts talking to her, right? It's mm. like a, a voice or a, a guardian angel, a guardian angel, if you will. And it communicates to her by writing messages in the walls and stuff mm -hmm. like, like a magic pen or something. It's shiny and it's, it's uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> so question for you. Did you, for any amount of time, not suspect that this was Ethan? Mm, at the very beginning, I thought to myself, hmm, this could be someone else. But over time, I just thought to myself, how could it not be Ethan? Because we've not been introduced to anyone else who could possibly be. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, okay, it's her dad. It's kind of making us think like this whole time. Oh, it's a mystery who this guardian angel is. Like, no, it's got to be Ethan. It's obviously Ethan. Right. Yeah. I was, I was pretty quick to, to think it's Ethan. And then when it's revealed, it's like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. So it wasn't telegraphed from the beginning. This presence that <laughs> wants her to be safe and to get out of there and is very caring <laughs> precisely, precisely. And who's made of the mold and died next to the megamycete and is probably involved in some way it, can't, it couldn't be him no no of course <laughs> not we know it's not the merchant because the merchant <laughs> is wearing a mask now and is trying to destroy rose yeah so that was interesting and i uh, made a little more sense the second playthrough for me reading randa's notes again Mm -hmm. And Miranda's saying that's like within this consciousness, there's not really like control of like, the, you know, it's not like there's a society of all these dead minds living there. Right. Yeah. Miranda was able to manifest because she was so involved in the research and understanding and, you know, her powers. And because of that, she could like reach out and sense people's consciousness and try to like reconstitute them. You know, ultimately she can sense that, Eva, her daughter, her consciousness is there, but she can't, she can't really pinpoint it. Like that's why she wants Rose, obviously. Yeah. So disappointingly, the Duke is dead and yeah. she, she senses something and is able to pull him like back into existence and makes some mention of like recognizes him. Not, not quite sure from where, mm -hmm. but they're not who they were. Right. Yeah. They're not who they really were in life. And even the Duke, you find a note in the castle saying like, I don't know who I am. I have no memories. All I know is I like, I get pleasure out of killing mm -hmm. and <laughs> that's messed up. <laughs> yeah. So Miranda has just like tasked him with testing all of these Rose clones because when they are subjected to extreme fear, they display some of the powers and she wants like a really powerful one for Eva. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So that's why he's there. And so I was like, ah, it's only, it's only been 16 years. He died between the games and, and now he's here. Oh. Poor Duke. Poor Duke. And he's not even who he was. He was so yeah. helpful with uh, <laughs> with Ethan. And then all of a sudden he's like, for a little while, the arch nemesis, the person you're trying to get away from. But yeah, especially because like at the end of the main game, he's saying like, you know, he's alluding to there's something more about him, you know. Uh-huh. But this game's saying, well, that didn't pay off. He died mm-hmm. and it didn't matter. But speaking of that, I, I thought it was interesting to see him, you know, reused in a different way. Mm-hmm. But it's also a little disappointing because all the other bosses died on the grounds, right? I was hoping to see Dimitrescu show up again in some capacity. Oh, yeah. But alas, mm-hmm. the Duke's always Alas, that's true. And we got some really creepy mold zombies that were tough to kill because mm-hmm. uh, it went kind of back to basics with the original Resident Evil style. Yeah. With uh, kind of kind of the slower pace and the, the, the more shots that have to be timed right, right on the head uh, to get yeah. the zombies down. So that was, that was kind of cool to play that, um, that older style again in this mm-hmm. in this run through so yeah the castle was really nice but yeah i wouldn't no say Lady it's Dimitrescu. nice but uh... <laughs> <laughs> playing it was nice the ca- castle itself was a complete uh complete dump <laughs> <laughs> so i th- i thought it was it was nice how it was it was actually a lot darker this time like mm-hmm. just more dimly lit and very oozy so i was much more on edge this time compared to the first time that we were there mm. just because of how much darker it was. And because we're seeing enemies in places where there weren't enemies before. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. going into this, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I did know that there was going to be a revisit to Beneviento. So when you mm-hmm. find that clue that says like the second mask is in the basement, I didn't quite know how this world worked yet. So I was afraid that as soon as I went into that door, like it was going to take us into the basement of Beneviento. And I thought, so I was so scared to open that door. It's like, yeah. Oh, that's what's coming next. That's, that's not what came next, but you know, you collect all those masks. It was a trap. The Duke sends you to fight his executioner. And what yep. do you think of this fight with executioner? It, that, that fight was extremely frustrating and I could not find a good a formula to beat him without taking a lot of damage. Really? It's also frustrating. Yeah. Well, at the, the first couple rounds were fine, but later on when it started charging at you, I got so frustrated because it just, it wouldn't go down and I could not dodge it for some reason. And I was using up all of my power and I'm just complaining <laughs> right now. It just did not work for me. So that's my complaint. Well. But I, I beat him. That's good. I'll mock you and say that was not a hard fight. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. His charges were not that hard. But I will say that, like, I did frustratingly die the first time. And it just made me think, like, I'm kind of tired of a lot of these Resident Evil fights, boss fights, where it's just, uh, there's a lot of fights throughout the series where it's just, like, kiting them in a circle. Oh. And that's all yeah. he is for most of this fight. You just, yeah, run the circle till he slows down, turn around, blast him a few times. Run in a circle, run in a circle, blast. Mm-hmm. And just rinse and repeat until he's done. And yeah. there's just a lot of fights throughout that series that are like that. And I think maybe it's just the mechanics of how you control that game where it can't be 
too actiony or something, mm-hmm. or, or maybe it's the jump back to third person that made it feel that way. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe. That's true, because mm, it would have been different if it was first person, for sure, definitely, because you can actually turn around easier with the uh, first first person. Right. Uh, and, like, back up. Like, I, I wish that in future Resident Evil games, they kept the elements for Shadows of Rose that included things like... Um, narrower passageways more blocked off paths that made uh it more encroaching when those things started coming towards you that's mm-hmm. what i really liked with the castle but definitely the boss kiting like you just said that was a really good way to put it that is becoming a bit much i would agree mm-hmm. so hopefully they change that up we need something <laughs> a little more subtle like i'm fine with something a little more subtle and a little more terrifying yeah, well then let's let's talk about that. Yes, we're about to talk about that, which worked out very nicely, right? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, revisit okay. to House Beneviento in a slightly different context. Yes. Man, I don't know where to start here. Mm. This was so well done. So well yes. done. I mean, the fact that they were able to repurpose an already terrifying zone mm-hmm. and make it still terrifying, but in a completely different way. Yeah. was just so impressive and a lot of fun. So just what what were you thinking as you realized you were going back in there? So I was going back in there. I was kind of excited. Like, okay, they're going to start, you know, tacking some creepy factor stuff onto me again. But I didn't think it was going to be completely different. I thought it was just going to be like a reskin version of what we'd already seen. Which it kind of was. Some of it was, but a lot of it wasn't. So as I was going back in and realizing that, like, the initial house was not very haunted and everything was pretty plain, there were no dolls sitting out and around. It was just kind of a normal normal entrance. And then you get down to the basement, and that's the thing. Like, Michael, the guardian angel, he's kind of cut off at this point. He can't Mm -hmm. communicate with you. So that's, like, the equivalent of having your weapons taken away. Yeah, um, if you will. <laughs> well, Which, and your weapons are taken away. And then your weapons are taken away. So when you go to that little workshop area, there was like nothing except a bunch of little monkey toys, like mm-hmm. Rose's monkey toy, just sitting around like all cutesy. And I thought to myself, well, this isn't as scary as the dolls. It's just, just a little monkey toy. <laughs> so I was not very uh, creeped out at first. And then the lights go off and you lose your stuff. Yeah. And then things started changing and it... <laughs> It hit me a little more, I guess, uh, powerful when it started alluding to her past and how she was treated horribly as a kid by her peers. And that's kind of what yeah. this played around. Like, oh, mm-hmm. that, that was like, ouch, that, that's that's real stuff there. So that's what I kind of felt <laughs> initially. I guess I, like, so I, I was terrified going into this and I was so kind of relieved when you walk into that main room where it's got, you know, where you see the hallway to your right, you see the the like kitchen area to your left and those were blocked off. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, thank goodness. We don't have to explore this whole place. It's just this room. Like who knows what's going to happen, but I don't have to explore the whole place. And then lights come, go off, come back on and the environment's changed. It's like, Oh, okay. We do have to explore this whole place. <laughs> oh no. You know that things are not going to be what you initially thought, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh crap. This is going to happen again. Okay. Yeah. So you do get to explore the house, right? Yeah. And of course, when I play horror games, I like to play them with all the lights off and I like to play them in the creepiest 
atmosphere possible because I love a good scare. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking to myself, this is not going to really get to me. Like, this is just going to be a fun little fun thrill. But this time you have to collect dolls mm -hmm. around the around the house. And that was a little bit unsettling to me. <laughs> and then you have to lay them out in little panoramas, right? That uh, replicate different scenes in Rose's past. Right. And then one of the more terrifying parts of this whole level starts to happen when one of the mannequins, the mom mannequin, appears out of nowhere in the hallway. Oh, yeah. that She jump scares, or I guess she doesn't jump scare you, but there's three different times where you turn yes. a corner and she's just there. And that just speaks so well to how this level is designed. It's mm -hmm. It's the long hallway. The two yep. long hallways where it's just like you're terrified to turn the corner. You do not yeah. know what you're going to see. And it's just, it's so well done. When that mannequin was stand, standing there for the first time, I jumped. I was not <laughs> expecting to see that just standing there in the hallway. So at that point, I knew there was probably more to this than I thought. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as you solve those, uh, you get the key to Jimmy's room and... I, I was just curious because it's like you take the time to decorate this, write Jimmy's room on it. Who's Jimmy? Like, is this something from her childhood that we don't understand? Maybe. I, she doesn't have a brother, so. No, I guess I not. Each of those dolls of. had like a name, though, that um, corresponded to probably one of the people that she knew when she was younger. Uh, was oh, Jimmy one of them? May, well, maybe Jimmy's that doll at the bottom of the well. Oh, maybe. Okay. That makes sense. I forgot. Like maybe if you maybe if you inspect him in the inventory and it'll say Jimmy on him, so mm -hmm. that could be it. But yeah, so I gotta say, ultimately, comparing the first visit to this visit, mm -hmm. the first visit is scarier. I'd say, like ultimately, the things that happen are scarier. But I was terrified. I was so scared. Because this time, you know to be scared, right? Mm -hmm. And so, even though I don't find this as scary, in, in hindsight, after playing it again, mm -hmm. just that anticipation of, like, what twisted thing is about to happen to me? Yeah. And this whole time, like, I, I seriously don't know how I played through it. Because I kept just, like, being too scared to keep going. Where it's just like, nah. I, at some point I'm just, I'm going to pause cause I'm, it's too much and I'm going to watch a playthrough just mm -hmm. to get, you know, to get the surprise over with. Yeah. And then maybe I'll come back later. Like I genuinely thought there's no way I'm playing through this cause I yeah. was just terrified and, uh, -huh. uh, somehow I just, I kept going. I don't know why, but I did. And I'm glad I did. That adrenaline rush kept you going. The adrenaline rush, absolutely. And hmm. so that that leads to, I guess, the baby equivalent, the, the big scary part of this one. Mm -hmm. it, it actually, it follows a pretty similar pacing and pattern. Uh, I did like how this one, it does up the creepiness throughout by like just the writing on the walls and more goo coming from places and the mannequin arms dangling from the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> but this whole time you're being mocked by a voice saying, uh, all right, I'll help you come upstairs, but mom might be mad that I'm helping you. Mm -hmm. And you go, uh, once again, the lights are off. You grab that fuse box and it's a fuse yep. map, not a fuse. <laughs> and it takes oh. you, 
it takes you on that same path to the same room to go get that fuse. Mm-hmm. But as you open that door, what do you see? A mannequin. A with, live mannequin. With glowing eyes. Well, we don't know it's live. Well, with glowing eyes. But at that point, I knew it was alive. And I kind of suspected that, oh, no, this is going to be like a weeping angels type thing. Or if I turn yep. around, it's going to chase me. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. So the mom mannequin will only chase you if you're turned around. And she does this really creepy run and then freezes if you look at her. And I was so scared. I loved it. It was hard <laughs> for me to finish this, not only because I kept uh, getting caught, but because this was scary. Like, for some reason, I really was scared of this part, which was so great. It was up there, probably equivalent to the original creepy baby thing of the first run through. <laughs> so how how did you react when you realized it was you could hear it behind you so i jumped in my chair and i said <laughs> and <laughs> it was just surprising so as this thing's chasing you i think i got this because uh, it's going to basically chase you in the house as you try and find this uh this this fuse so like i was thinking okay i've got this formula down where i can just you know go and then eventually turn around to be like okay it's not going to chase me if i turn around every so often what happens every couple rooms or so? A second mannequin appears. Well, on your way back, yeah. And so yeah. That, well, first off, were you like running and then stopping and turning around most of this time? You weren't just mm. walking backwards? I was doing both. Okay. Because, yeah, I just, I just stayed backwards the whole time, always keeping my eye on her. And mm. the sound design is so good. As she just, you hear her creaking down the hallway... And then the way she's just, she moves slightly unnaturally, the way she kind of lurches around a corner and then freezes. It is so well done and it's ultimately fun. Like it is a fun mechanic mm -hmm. hiding from her. And then I got freaking scared at the exact same spot that the baby got me. So, oh, <laughs> you know, you get the fuse, you, uh, go back out and then the baby gets you like where it bursts back through the door, like at the kitchen. And that's where, you know, playing the first game where I legit screamed. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened here where I'm backing out of that room, keeping my eye on the one that's in the doorway. And you can keep walking backwards. And the one that you don't know is there will not attack immediately because I think they know that you're probably walking backwards and that not, that's not fair. Uh -huh. So if you keep walking backwards, eventually you run into her and just see her silhouette behind you. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, oh no. And just as I took like three steps forward, she just leaped on my back and I just went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it got me so good. That's awesome and horrible and awesome. <laughs> Bits of scares that make the great thrills. That was such a great design, the way they did that. And I got caught so many times with those mannequins. Really? That was the only time I got caught. Only time? Wow, man. You, you got a good, uh, you, you had a good flow then because I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. And when there's like three, was there, was there four or three ultimately that chase you? Uh, you? The fourth one is waiting like in the room just before the elevator. Okay. So, yep. I kept having to redo all that. But if you eventually keep your wits about you and keep moving, you get through. 
And at that point, I thought that it was finished. I thought, okay, no more of this. I'm safe. Really good job, Capcom, with that mannequin edition. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. No, that wasn't it. You're not even eh. halfway done. <laughs> I, I would say that is it for the scariness. After that, it it wasn't scary. Personally. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because then you're doing the, the hide-and-seek with the dolls, right? Yeah, uh, you turn, like, doll size. You become the size of an action figure. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to stay out of their line of sight as you try to navigate the hallways full of dolls. I thought that was really unsettling. Yeah, for some reason that the the doll thing never bothered me. Like it it didn't bother me in the first game. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. But <laughs> I think it's just because, you know, the the tension is gone at that point. It's you know, it's got steady background music playing the whole time, which I did I enjoyed that music. I thought that was good. Mm -hmm. And the dolls are on very set paths with their glowing eye beams, mm -hmm. highlighting what they can see. It was just—I thought it was very straightforward and tension relieving, essentially. Okay, uh, but that leads to a, a pretty big reveal that this whole time you've been pursued and mocked by Evelyn, who's the villain from Resident Evil Seven, who uh, you and I have not ever actually met before other than the end of eight where she's laughing at you for being dead i thought that was interesting because like yeah that makes sense she was equally wrapped up in the mega my seat and I, I guess i didn't quite understand you know because she didn't die there mm -hmm. maybe she came in through memories of ethan as well uh, mm. or maybe just because she had very strong connection that that's just she was able to get there yeah, um, but I thought it was cool. I don't know if you noticed this, but she is the same voice actress for her and Angie, so oh. they sound very similar. Yeah, when throughout this whole experience. Okay, I was thinking that was Angie taunting you initially because of that. Mm -hmm. You know. Okay. Well, that was a pretty big reveal. I didn't understand it at first, or who Evelyn really was. Yeah. But then as the game kind of went on and I delved into some more lore, because of course I hadn't played the previous game, like you just said, uh, I did understand it eventually. Mm -hmm. You're ultimately saved from Evelyn as Michael runs in and shoves you out of the way. But what's this? That's not Michael. That's your dad. Yes. Whoa, plot twist. <laughs> so not anticipated. How could that have been Michael? Boom. The only person that could be looking out for her. Of course, it was Ethan, her dad. Yeah, I guess we did skip over it. He does send you into the memories of their house. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, th I thought that was cool. But his voice acting is just so odd. It's like, it's very enthusiastic, but not authentic. Is that a, no. a good way to describe it? That's a great way to describe it. The, the dialogue, I don't know. It's just, mm, it's never believable when he talks. Yeah. It was so sweet being able to go into that house. It was a nice little respite from what you'd been going through. Mm -hmm. But just, just like listening to all of the memories that are around the house. It's like, it's just standard dialogue, but it's just, it comes across weird. Like, oh, hard to believe I might be sharing a glass of wine with my daughter someday. Yeah. Is that something you said in real life in, in that exact tone? It just sounds weird. It was weird. It didn't land very well with me. And that was a very important moment, too, when <laughs> she's re-listening er, re to those memories. And Ethan's voice is just, like, 
not very good. <laughs> just <laughs> like so enthusiastic. Rose, just you're my daughter. And <laughs> just so, so proud of you. I love you, Rose. But <laughs> it, it was still so, sweet though. Like I, I had to give it the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah. Okay. This is the story. But speaking of characters, like I think Rose is a very interesting character. It's great to have a face to go with the mm-hmm. person and like see expressions. I like I thought she's she's great. However, at that moment where she realizes that it was her dad, the reveal is not that impactful on her where she's mm. just like, "Wait a second. Michael was my dad?" And then as far as she knows, he's dead at that point. Right? Mm-hmm. Like he sacrificed himself to to get her out of there. She's just like, "Well, I guess he did that so I could keep going." It's like, what? You haven't seen him in 16 years, and that's just it? Like, yep, guess I got to keep going. That was him, and he (laughs) did what he had to do. It's like, what? Well, Resident Evil games do have interesting dialogue, don't they? They're not known (laughs) for their... uh, they're like the Star Wars as far as as far as like dialogue goes. It's not well, written very Star well. Star Wars is great, man. Shut up. Yeah, but the dialogue don't is never make really me good. kill you. <laughs> what? If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. <laughs> anyway. Well, anyway, still, it's it's Resident Evil, and it's it's uh it's it's part of our souls, and we we still appreciate it for what it does. Uh, I don't like uh, saying evil is part of my soul, but anyway. Biohazard. We'll call it Biohazard, <laughs> the original Japanese name. Yeah, there we go. So ultimately, mm-hmm. you end up confronting Miranda. She tells you all this exposition, kind of, or at least you read all of her stuff that, that mm-hmm. fills us in on, on things we already said. And there's a confrontation. Mike, not Michael. Ethan shows up again. He's alive. He saves you. And says, just get out of here. Go make friends. And it's just like, yeah, that's what you're sacrificing yourself for. Okay. Rose has just uh, eliminated her powers because she found the crystal that will do so. Mm -hmm. And she's fulfilled her thing. But that's when Ethan comes in and tries to delay Miranda trying to take over Rose at this point. Because she has no powers. Right. But when Miranda kind of basically destroys Ethan... Then Rose is like, wait, hold on. She gets her powers back, destroys the she crystal, and goes Super Saiyan. Goes Super Saiyan, and this was a satisfying part of the game. I loved it. It Rose was. I so wish there OP. was more to it. Yeah, yeah. I know. In, in the first time I had to fight Miranda with Ethan was insanely difficult. Of course, because Ethan doesn't have like any noticeable powers that you can use. Just the just the guns that run out of ammo very quickly. Rose has power, and she's so overpowered and fighting Miranda was so easy and it was so satisfying. <laughs> Wasn't it great? Yeah, teleporting side to side and absorbing those energy blasts and then whacking her with the mold uh-huh. was, uh, yeah, it was satisfying. And then uh, that's really it. You you kill Miranda, you have a last face-to-face conversation with Ethan's arm. <laughs> and <laughs> Everything that's blocking his face. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, and then it, it just cuts to the same ending, basically, from there, of her on the bus. And mm-hmm. it leads leads me to a question where, so now, now we have more context of even she's more powerful now than what Chris knows. And she says that guy, like, I could do things Chris doesn't know I can do. 
And I just wonder, like, what is the context of her power? Like, sure, if she can teleport and stuff all the time, like, that's sweet. But, mm-hmm. like, her big power for taking out Miranda was hitting her with the mold, right? Mm-hmm. Can she manifest the mold now? Or, like, isn't that destroyed? So, mm. out in the real world, how does that work? Well, I mean, Miranda's destroyed, but Rose is now a more powerful version of Miranda in a way. That's right. kind of how I saw it. But the mold is, like, in that realm, right? Where they uh, are. Like, of course she can summon it up from the ground there. Well, because, mm, yeah, I'm just, just saying the, the mold's not everywhere. We know it it's was not. in that village. We know it was in Louisiana. But mm. anyway. But like, it's it's not in a different dimension. Either way. Well, that was just like her mind, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. And the fact that this didn't answer more questions is is all the more frustrating because they've said that, like, this is the end of the Winter's story. So it seems what? like there's no, no more Ethan, no more Rose going forward. Why? And that just doesn't That's... make sense. Especially after that FBI dude was like, we've got a situation. Yeah. I I thought that was a perfect cliffhanger for the next bit that was going to come for the story. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize it was over. That stinks. Yeah, I just Googled it. And the first thing that comes up, it says, Resident Evil 9 will not focus on Ethan or Rose, says Capcom. (gasps) Oh, that stinks. Then they should make a good spinoff or something. Yeah, Resident Evil 9 is leaving the winters behind. That's oh. just so odd for like to start this new trilogy and only have two of the three games focus on them. But again, to give us so much of Rose here and then say, oh, that's it. I guess her powers don't matter anymore. They set up perfectly a nice, uh, I guess, journey for Rose, but they're just cutting it off. That really stinks. Yeah. I, w- I would have liked to see like a, a whole set of games now with with a focus on Rose. That would have been really cool. Well, and, and Resident Evils have done that in the past, of spinning things off, making separate stories. So, you know, they could, but, you know, maybe after nine, we just won't care. So or maybe in 20 years, we'll see a remake of this game on whatever <laughs> system is <laughs> yeah. popular then. Yeah. Well, I got to say, all in all, it was still a really good game. I mean, there were mm-hmm. so many good things that happened in it. And, of course, there's drawbacks. But I really, really had fun and appreciated what it brought to the story. A great DLC addition, in my opinion. Yeah, and I loved it. I don't understand the complaints about it being too short. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think I've played many DLC stories longer than that. It's about three yeah. and a half hours. Yeah, if it was any longer, I mean, it could be a standalone game but it's dlc it's it's a supplement to the original story exactly. so it shouldn't have to be too long <laughs> and it worked nicely it was just short enough to where i didn't have to devote too much time but just long enough to where i got invested mm-hmm. it took two sittings for me to play through two sittings nice just speaking of the dlc it, there's a little more to it other than that mm-hmm. they did add Chris and Dimitrescu and Heisenberg into Mercenaries, but I hate Mercenaries, so I haven't even opened that up yet. <laughs> and I don't know that I will. Did you touch it? I have been playing it because it's a nice time waster, and it's uh, it's just kind of a good fix if you need some quick action adventure stuff. So have you played as those new characters? I unlocked Chris. That was it. Ah. I have not gotten any further. 
Oh, no, I unlocked a new level. That was mm. uh, also what I did. So not too much, but it was a nice little fix of action. Okay. So then the other big addition here is being able to play through the main campaign in third person now. Mm-hmm. And I played through quite a bit of it. And I'm curious, what did you think? Do you think it is better, worse? Did it add anything for you? So I've almost completed the main storyline in third person as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably finish the rest after this podcast, to be honest. Okay. And I've really been enjoying it. It's kind of brought me back to basics and really been nostalgic for the original style of Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Or that style that uh, 4 made so popular. And I thought it's been working out so far. Uh, granted, it, it is different. Personally, I don't think it's as scary in third person. Because you're exactly. focused on the character. And yeah, not what's around you as opposed to first person when all you can see is what you can see. Right. So now you you got way more peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. And you just feel mentally safer with like this buffer person standing between you, Jake, and the enemy. Yeah. Like even playing through Beneviento again mm-hmm. is is a little less scary. It's true. So... As far as scare factor for me, it really is not quite as there, but it's fun and it's uh, a little bit smoother in a way. Yeah, I, I thought it was okay. Like, it's fine to have that addition there. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think first person is the best way to play the game. Yeah, but you do get less motion sick, mm-hmm. especially playing on PC with a thirty-two inch screen a foot from your face, like. You can get motion sick playing that. But. Yeah. It's a different kind of good, right? It, it, the game was initially made for first person, mm-hmm. but third person has been fun. And maybe I'm just biased right now because uh, after beating Shadows of Rose, I could unlock the unlimited ammo option for the Dragoon. So I've just been going through hardcore mowing down <laughs> enemies. <laughs> okay. So I'm playing through it on Village of Shadows. Oh. And I just have the only gun I have is just the maxed out magnum the second magnum i forget what it's called but it's crazy powerful like you one shot absolutely everything nice even on village of shadows but i know i should just stop because the fight with heisenberg you don't get your guns on that that's going to be stupid hard and then doing chris's segment even with unlimited ammo that's going to be hard too because you don't get your own guns you have to use chris's guns but you're still pretty powerful. You are, but his the reload on that Dragoon is so long mm, that... It is. Even with unlimited ammo and pretty quick kills with that gun, you get swarmed, even on normal. Mm, that's true. So it's just like, what's the, what's the point of going through this when I know I'm going to hit these hard blocks in the game where my new game plus doesn't matter? Hmm. Is there something in the bonus store that you can unlock to help you there? Like uh, some kind of an always active perk? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't think so. D- did you get all the meals from the Duke? Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, not super relevant at the moment. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Jake, this has been great talking about this. Again, I haven't got to talk to anybody about it and, and reflect on it. Yeah. And it's it's solid DLC. Like, screw those reviewers. If you enjoyed 8, you will like this DLC. 
This is endorsed by both of us. And you already know that because there's no way you're listening to this without having played it. Yes. And you're probably not listening to this unless you enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) True. It's been great having uh, Resident Evil content so close together. Our eight episode was only like four episodes ago. And then not too far off, the Resident Evil 4 remake will be out. And the gameplay that they have showed, I can't believe how much scarier it looks. Even though like it follows the same beats, the story's been twisted. Some of the characters seem very different now. And just like the initial confrontation with the first zombie guy looks way scarier. And I I am nervous to play this game. It's going to be like playing it for the first time again. It'll be great. Yeah, it will be great. Oh, something to look forward to. So I hope we can eventually talk, talk about that after we play it. Yep. Which we, we will. So until then, we'll just uh, keep making episodes about other stuff. And we'll talk to you about that next week. If you want to talk to us any other time, regionunlockedpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, and we'll say hey. So, my name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. And don't let the dolls get you. A good deal, if I say so myself. How was it?